0: Hello, brewery fanatics, and welcome back to another episode of Brewery Travels. I'm your host, Joel Geyer, otherwise known as Brewery Travels on social media. And today, we are going back to the state of Florida. And this time, we are honing in on the major metro area to the far northeast in Jacksonville. Um, It's the place closest to where uh, we were Living uh, when we had our spell there down in Florida, and as always, I have an amazing guest with me today, Lauren. And so, Lauren, why don't you give us a brief introduction about what kind of got you into craft beer, how you're part of the beer community, and also make sure to talk about your podcast because I think it's a really cool and unique thing that you do.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, so uh, my name is Lauren and. I am one of the co hosts of the Beard Al podcast, where my brother John and I talk about uh, craft beer and Weird Al Yankovic. And so it's an odd little combination that we have a whole lot of fun with. And um, I live in Jacksonville, Florida, and I have been here for almost 10 years, which is crazy to me. So I have seen a lot of things happen in the beer community here, but. To answer your question about how I got into craft beer, it all starts with my dad. And uh, I was like, just after I turned 21, you know, every Sunday I'd be at my parents house for dinner and my dad would always have some weird and interesting like beer to try. Like it was, you know, an IPA or a barley wine or a Belgian triple or something like that. And my palate hadn't developed for that just yet, but my dad would always be like, just try it just try it. And so I'd take a sip and I'd go, Ugh! and then I'd go back to, you know, whatever, like wine I was drinking with my mom, you know, but as time went on, I was like, oh, you know what? I like that. I like that. It started with wheat beers and then it just kind of kept going and going and going until I developed a taste for every style. But it was all because my dad said, just try it. And so that doesn't, apply to just beer that applies to a lot of things. It's like give something a chance and see. And now craft beer is one of my very favorite things in life. So that kudos to the just try it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I was a very similar when I was in college. I've told the story before about like doing mixed, mixed packs and pick sixes. And I remember there were a couple beers such as the arrogant bastard from, from stone mm. that I was not prepared for at 21. When I had just started dabbling in, in buying my own um and then i know that you know it is just you here tonight but i know that you'll also be sharing some answers from um from russ if you wanted to give him a little introduction for someone who will be providing some additional answers but cannot be with us this evening
1: Yes. So my husband, Russ, is um, one of the the hosts of the Infectious Groove podcast and YouTube music channel. Um, I appear on the YouTube channel because, you know, you can't hide this beautiful face f- behind a podcast all the time. Uh, but no, he he um, grew up in Michigan and, you know, he and I talk about beer a lot because he loves beer. D- nearly as much as I do is, is what he'll say. But, you know, he went to Bell's Brewery in 2002 and that's when he learned what, quote, real beer was. Uh, yeah, that's a place to do it. <laughs> yep. Yep. He has a he has a story and I, I will absolutely tell it wrong, but he, you know, he had been imbibing in kind of like your standard grocery store fare beer up to that point. And then he happened to be, you know, near Bell's and somebody turned him on to the, two-hearted and he had maybe two or three and then wondered why he felt so funny until he was like, Oh, okay. He goes, so not only is this delicious, like it really does the trick. And so that kind of, (laughs) that opened his eyes to what craft beer, you know, tasted like and also could do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, I think that's one of the things that is kind of uh, underappreciated times with, with craft beers is that, you know, you only need one or two craft beers compared to a lot of some of the other like, yeah. super macro stuff. Uh, but anyway, we can now kind of start to uh, focus in on the topic of can and that, and that is Duval Jacksonville. Duval. Um, so,
1: oh I'm yeah. Duval. I'm like, yeah. Like obligated to do that.
0: I know. Yes. <laughs> no, we have to do that a couple of times. I've got a buddy that lives down there and, and he'll get a crack out of that too. <laughs> so, but let's go ahead and first start. We're going to start very broad. Um, and for kind of a reason, you know, I think it would surprise some people just how big Jacksonville is, Mm -hmm. both in terms of population and size, because it is, as for the city, not the metro area, but as a city, it is the largest, not just in Florida, but the entire southeast. And then by land area, it's the largest in the lower 48. Isn't that crazy? Inside it's, it's the largest in the entire country in terms yeah. of area, besides I think there's one up in Alaska or something. There's but a couple of really
1: big cities in Alaska. They don't count.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a different ball game. Um, and partially because of this, Jacksonville, I think it's like the second least densely populated major city in the country. I think like mm-hmm. Oklahoma City is the other one that is similarly spread out. And um, so I guess my, my question to kind of start off with here is, is do you feel like that sprawl? has kind of impacted the growth of craft beer in any way?
1: I mean, that's a very interesting question. And I think, you know, Jacksonville, yes, like it's huge in area. But like it, it wasn't always in that, like some of the, the neighborhoods and areas of the city used to be their own municipality and things came all together a while ago. But there are still very distinct neighborhood identities. So I feel like there's a lot of not even like Duval pride, but like neighborhood pride where people want to make their area of town proud and so you'll get a lot of breweries that are like oh yeah no like we're real springfield or like yeah we're riverside or we're san marco or you know we're this on the other and it's because they're like really proud of the part of town that they're in so um i would say that craft breweries are popping up in places where there is a lot of like historical uh <laughs> reverence i guess for like what what was before it became like a really big metro area. And as to whether like that's influenced stuff, I don't know. I've only been here 10 years. So uh, I will say when I moved here, there were eight breweries and now there's like 25. So it's been really interesting to see like where they pop up, but uh, you know, I have a good time with it. And um r- Russ again who's a more recent transplant to this area doesn't he's like he he saw this question and he was like it doesn't feel spread out to me at all because i guess in michigan you know you you kind of got to really drive between breweries and he's like he's like i don't know i don't know about this sprawl so you know that's kind of how we're at with it
0: Yeah, and I guess in some of the more rural areas, especially you are moving from town to town rather than just across the city Mm -hmm. uh, necessarily. And and, and speaking of where the breweries have popped up, it, you know, it does seem like most all of the breweries are opening up either in downtown or at least kind of close to downtown in some of the very adjacent neighborhoods, um, especially, you know, just around that kind of central part of the city has that kind of influenced the craft beer scene in terms of like, you know, having visitors and having it be more close knit. And do you envision that trend kind of continuing? Cause I know between my visits um, in 2018 and here, more recently, I know at least one brewery that had been further out moved to a downtown taproom location.
1: Yeah. And that was really interesting. So you're talking about Ruby beach brewing, yes. which is so funny because like that's beaches in the name, but they're not at the beach anymore. And it's so, it's, it's just so odd. Uh, we love ruby beach though we're actually having our wedding reception there next year yes so, that's right, you know, right yes so they're great but yeah it's just a, you know they they they're doing it right um, but kind of to answer to answer that question you know um uh, i think the best craft breweries in jacksonville um proper are 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 doing their best to be as central as they can Um, meaning that like, so yeah, like you've got your Springfield and your Riverside and your, your downtown. um, And that's kind of all like in the heart of the middle of the city. Um, And then San Marco with like Ardwolf and stuff on the other side of the river, but it's all still very kind of in the middle where you are probably within 20 minutes, wherever you are in the beltway, you know, around the city. So that, I I think is a great idea for breweries because it's like, okay, like no matter where you're staying, you're not too, too too far from us, but then you've got your, your outliers. Um, And I'm talking actually as of the recording of this, um, this coming weekend, we're planning on going to Pinglehead out in orange park, which is the only brewery in that part of the Metro area. And it's one of the original breweries in the area. It's like part of like a, strip mall pizza shop but like they have some of the best uh, unique craft beer in the area and um but they're so far from things like we have to plan like the the reason i'm telling you several days it's like oh no we're gonna go there this weekend is because it's a hike we gotta go over a bridge that we don't usually have to go over we have to go into a part of town that we don't usually go into to go to this place but it is it's like we're it's worth going to it's not a wake up on a Saturday and be like, Oh, what do you want to do today? Oh, well, let's just hit some breweries. Oh, well, we'll go to that one kind of place because it's not near other ones. It's a, we got a plan to go there kind of brewery. And yeah, well, and
0: that yeah. almost ties back to that first question with talking about like how like large the metro area is, is that if the brewery neighborhood, for instance, was in a different part of the city, if it was, you know, for instance, we're out by orange park, or if it was, you know, if maybe the area between like Wicked Barley and Veterans United, if that was where all the breweries ended up being, you'd have a large part of the city that wouldn't be within 15 to 20 minutes of majority mm-hmm. of breweries. So I'm wondering if this, like, the central, the, the ability to open up in and around downtown it, where it's still cost effective, they're able to have it be cost effective, has benefited them in that manner because they are able to be closer to more of the metro area.
1: Yeah, I, I mean... Uh- that's a that's a good point, man. And part of me feels it's almost like six one, half a dozen of the other, because you're gonna get to a point where certain areas are are saturated in breweries, you know. Like we go to um we'll go to the San Marco area of like the historic downtown, and there's you can park your car and hit three breweries and not have to move your car, you know? And I can tell you that if you were to be like, okay, Lauren, you're gonna go park your car in San Marco and you can only go to two of the three breweries. I know mentally which one I would like not go to, but that, that doesn't mean it's not in a good spot. That could be somebody else's favorite in that area, but like, they're not, I'm not going to make a point to go there. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know. But like I, I guess what I'm getting at with this is it's like Pinglehead being the only brewery in its part of town becomes a destination just by virtue of, of scarcity. You know, it's the only one there.
0: Yeah. Are there are there other areas? Because I know this wasn't one that I, that I said ahead of time, but are, are there any other areas? Because there are if you look at a map of the breweries, mm-hmm. there there are still like large pockets of the metro area that don't have a brewery. Are there any areas that you could envision a brewery doing well in or that, that, that may come down the road?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think they're absolutely hungry for more of this stuff down in like the the Nocatee area, which is like southeast Um. Like just north of, of of Ponte Vedra. I mean, even Ponte Vedra, which is like kind of an extension of Jacksonville. But if I were to say, I would say like Bartram and Nocatee, um, because there's really not much there. A lot of people live there, but there's not much to do there. And there is a brewery um, near there, uh, Legacy Ale Works, um, and they're doing a good job. They just expanded their tap room. It's very, very nice in there, and they do a couple of things really well. Um, but they, they, they're the only player in the game in their area. So they have a really loyal following again, because they're the only one there. Uh, yeah. so a bre- breweries could do really well there. Um, I would love for a brewery to pop up in Arlington, which is where I live because I don't have any breweries in my neighborhood. So, Hey, if anybody in Jacksonville is listening and you want to open up a brewery, Arlington, I'll work there for you. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's it. You know, as far as I'm concerned, like more breweries could pop up in Orange Park, you know, give Pinglehead a little run for their money. Um, I think Southside's doing okay. Like you said, with Veterans United, uh, Wicked Barley and, um, bottlenose is there as well. And then you've got your, all your concentrated stuff downtown and then the beaches and, The beaches are their own. The the beaches are kind of like a separate thing in my mind. That
0: was actually going to be my next question. I wanted to kind of highlight, talk about the beaches, because um, I went up there once also this last time, but also the very first time I was in Jacksonville, I went over to the beaches and hit quite a few of the breweries along there. Because besides downtown, like that area in particularly in Jacksonville Beach, but then also stretching up to Atlantic Beach. Mm -hmm. um, And there's also, you know, even further north, if you want to go all the way up further north to uh, Fernandina Beach or however you pronounce that.
1: Fernandina, yeah. There's, Fernandina there's, Beach. Yep.
0: But m- majority of what we focus on because it's closest to the area is that span between Jacksonville Beach and Atlantic Beach. And there's at least half a dozen breweries there, if not more now with the different tap rooms. So mm-hmm. with that kind of being its own separate entity, what, what are some of the highlights in that area in your eyes?
1: Oh, <laughs> number one, Rev Brewing, the one in uh, Atlantic Beach on Mayport Road. Absolutely. Uh, I love that, that- place. Is so good. It's got the best atmosphere of pro- I would say the best atmosphere of any brewery in the entire Jacksonville area. That's like my favorite one to just it's kind of so go, go too to because and look around. for
0: People that haven't heard of them, it it like you wouldn't expect it to be that cool of an atmosphere because it's literally just in like a, a miniature strip mall type mm-hmm. situation, very unassuming storefront, and then you walk in and it is just very unique there's what there's leather there's there's um there's taxidermy stuff there's i don't even i can't there, there's a pizza kitchen but it's just a yeah. very like it feels almost like high end with all with like almost like hipstery but also i i don't know how to explain it. it's just very unique
1: it's a very approachable hipster how about that like it's yeah, the kind li- of hipster like that's, that. yeah, that's an like that. Yeah. yeah and they never have like it- if you were to ask me like, oh, I'm going to Rev, like what beer should I get? I would say I have no earthly clue because I don't know what they have on right now because they're always changing and doing like creative stuff. Now, again, some of it is going to taste kind of similar to other things that I've had there before, you know, but they're, they're always having fun and um, they specialize in, um, as it says on their uh, their beer menu, it's hazy things, sour things and imperial things. So that's what their their beer menu says and so that's what they do. And yeah, their wood-fired pizza is is fabulous. It's worth a visit and they have a they have a fun symbiotic relationship with Gray Matter Distillery in the same strip mall. So like you can order the pizza at Rev and then walk over to Gray Matter have an old fashioned and eat your pizza and then go back and finish with some beer if you wanted to do that. Like they're very like very friendly businesses because they know, they know they're know they doing something similar, so they're not really competing with each other. Um, they're kind of working together, and I think that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, and, and it is it is kind of fun that they've developed their, you know, I, th- I think Rev, Rev is probably my highlight up there, too. But, um, you know, Southern Swells is another one that I really like. Uh, out, out, out that direction I also went to you know and, engine 15 mm-hmm. um, and, and green so th- th- there's a nice array of, of breweries out, out in that direction uh, yeah. and, and kind of speaking now that we've kind of talked about the different areas the the jack's beer trail offers a passport information on beer tours events and just a lot of other information do you feel like that's been an asset to the local beer community both from a consumer perspective as well as helping the breweries themselves
1: Absolutely. And I will tell you, I am on my third Jack's Ale Trail passport right now. There
0: we go. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) The first time I did it was um, when my brother came down to visit me several years ago, back when Jacksonville only had eight breweries and we did all eight in one day. I mapped it out based on like when they opened and, um, you know, where they were in relation to each other on the map. And so we kind of do was like, okay, Pinglehead opens at 10 a.m. So we started there We and then we kind of went around the circle know, and then out I just, know that just, game. <laughs> so we did that and we had a great time. And then uh, when Russ moved here from Michigan, uh, that was how I kind of introduced him to the area to show him the different parts of town. Cause like we have this passport with a map and So it was like, okay, we're going to go to this part of town. We're going to go to this part of town and we're going to see this, do that here and stuff. And so that's how he started. He literally started getting his bearings on this area because of the Jack's Ale Trail. And then we were at Ruby Beach Brewing a couple of weeks ago and they were like, oh, we just got the new passports in because they added three breweries to it. And we're like, well, we're going to have to do this again because They're breweries have have to be somewhat
0: (laughs) timely about it because probably in a few years they're going to put out a new one because there'll be there'll be other ones. Yeah,
1: it's it's keep
0: you coming back.
1: They do keep you coming back, and I'll tell you this much too: like, ask is it helpful for the breweries? Uh, I will say absolutely because I'm a completionist. So every time I get the passport, I'm going to finish it. Um, There are breweries on there that, like, if I had my Druthers, I would probably not go to again if I you know didn't have a reason to but this passport gives me a reason to so that brewery is going to get some of my money just because I want to finish this passport
0: yeah no I, I'm sure it won't and I think it is also from not just the the local perspective but also from a porous perspective that I I don't normally do the passport stuff because I'm not in town long enough to do mm-hmm. I finish passports um but I do oftentimes pick them up because I find them interesting because maybe it has a little blur about the brewery or at the least, even if I've kind of like mapped up brews I want to go to, I still enjoy just having a hard copy of here's how the brews are laid out in the city. Like, and I think yeah. that is, and it, it may also make people more aware of the breweries that, you know, if, if they are not someone like me that is hyper, <laughs> you know, into researching every single brewery in the area and knowing ahead of time for a lot of people visiting, they may not have that same type of, Knowledge and grasp of what is offered locally, and so having those kind of you know devices to be able to learn more about the beers, I, I think is great. Uh, and I, I mentioned in the intro that we, that we were coming back to Florida and Jacksonville. This is now the fourth different city in Florida that I have done an episode on. We we also did uh, Tampa, Miami, and Orlando. So how do you feel that Jacksonville kind of measures up with with Florida and also you know, I, I know it kind of varies from state to state, but how do you feel the whole, the Florida beer scene kind of meshes together?
1: Oh, that's a really, that's a very good and interesting question. And I can't speak to Miami. Um, I haven't really done any beer drinking in Miami. Um, I've been to Tampa a handful of times and, um, you know, I'm going to oh, know cigar city is great. You know, I haven't done that much exploring of the beer scene in Tampa. We have gone to Orlando a couple of times, uh, Recently, I can't even think off the top of my head what breweries we went to, but I know we did. I know we did. It was a couple of months ago. But I will say this. I will say that I think um each city's beer scene kind of reflects what the city is. Like every brewery that I went to in Orlando, or like even Tap Room or or anything along those lines, felt like, okay, they're not sure who's gonna be coming in here right now because this is a tourist. T- this is a tourist town, you know, or depending on the part of town that you're in, it's like, oh, OK, this is where the locals in Orlando go. But I think what makes Jacksonville unique is like nobody's going on vacation to Jacksonville, you know, and so the the breweries in Jacksonville, unlike breweries in Orlando or Tampa or Miami, have the room and the, the luxury really of catering to locals they can cater to who's around them and they can stick like local inside jokes in the beer names and, you know, in the decor and just kind of the way that they do things. So Jacksonville, for being the biggest city in area in the lower 48, has some some small town stuff to it that I don't think you get in a lot of other Florida beer scenes. So, I guess if I were to say, how does like the Jacksonville beer scene fit in with the overall Florida beer scene? Is it like if you want to go to a beer scene that feels a bit more like Cheers, then go to Jacksonville because it's a little more homey and comfortable in a fun, weird Florida beach way.
0: No, yeah, I, I really like that point. I, I had not thought of it, it, it from that perspective. And I think that that is a really cool way for for breweries to be able to view it too that they are able to cater because that is that is true in in certain places that you're going to be and depending on what parts of the cities you're in in some of those other places you know you're going to be dealing with a lot more tourism you're going to be dealing with people coming from out of town and so that is something that they have to take into account um and so now i know before when we we were talking uh, about the building a flight. And I know that you said Russ also did have a flight. And so we'll be able to share that as well. But as always, I would like to uh, have you both. And then I've, since I've been to quite a few, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. and I'm going to throw a little flight in at the end too, for funsies, but I want you guys to go first. Give me your flights of four beers to kind of represent the Jacksonville area craft beers.
1: Okay. For sure. I'm going to go with Russ's first um, because he has his written down in front of me. And, um, He's opening up with um, Southern Swell's Karate in the Garage, which is their New England Hazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yep. And then uh, we went to Rev recently. So he had this there recently. So this isn't one of those things that you're going to have there all the time. But uh, Rev Brewing Heavy Sky, which is their West Coast Double IPA. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that that was that was good, which is interesting. Okay, I'm going to do a very quick sidebar. Rev primarily does ha- weird hazy IPAs. So them trying to do a West Coast, I was like, how's this gonna be? And it was good. Um, contrary to that, Southern Swells, who specializes in hazy IPAs, I had their West Coast this past week, and I was like, okay, y'all need to practice this a little bit more. So I mean, people just kind of know what they're they're good at, and I just thought that was kind of that was kind of interesting. Uh, and then Ruby Beach Brewing, Crown Jewel, which is their Belgian triple, because we love a triple in this house, and then ending it with something sweet from Ardwolf, Styrofoam Pony, which is a stout.
0: There you go. Yeah, and then uh, what about for yourself then?
1: Okay, so for me, I... When I okay, so we recently and I think I I talked to you a little bit about like, where should we go? We recently went to Greenville, South Carolina, and we had a day and I was like, okay, so we're going to some breweries. And so I talked to you and you definitely pointed us in the right direction. So kudos and thank you. Uh, My plan with that was to go to each one and say, okay, what's your flagship IPA? Because I felt like Mm -hmm. that was going to be my my most even uh, comparison. Tool. So for me, putting my Jacksonville flight together, I kind of went with that. So I also have Southern Swells Karate in the Garage in my flight. And I have, uh, from Intuition Aleworks, I have their I-10 West Coast IPA.
0: Mm-hmm. They have a, by the way, we haven't talked too much about the taproom. They have a really cool, oh,
1: so cool rooftop
0: deck there. Looks out at the stadium and everything. Mm-hmm. Really cool spot there.
1: Very, very cool. And, like, bravo and kudos to whoever came up with the name for I-10 for their West Coast IPA. Because you can take I-10 from Jacksonville literally all the way to San Diego and be on the West coast. So that's like the best name for a West coast IPA brewed in Jacksonville that you could ever come up with. It, the cleverness is just beyond my brain. And um, then I went to Ardwolf uh, because that is, that's one of, that's a really good, like good staple San Marco area brewery here in Jacksonville and their hop oddity. uh and now it's not the same all the time. That's one of those beers that they do variations on and I think they're on like 23 or 24 right now, but it's fun to try and see kind of what they do with the same basic recipe and how they switch it up. And then finally, I'd go with Wicked Barley's Eradicator, which is their um double IPA.
0: Very nice. Well, so in I, I would throw it and I, I might change mine a little bit based off of um what you guys said. So it's funny, you know, talking about Rev, I'm actually going to go with um a light beer from Rev. I had I had some great other beers too. Like some sites a really good sour, really good IPA from them as well. But my favorite was actually uh a pilsner called Turning My Nights into Days that I had that was just very clean and well done. Um so just something really nice and light to kind of get the ball rolling. And then I was also going to do the karate in the garage for an IPA. So instead uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give a shout out to String Sports. Um, as a former basketball player, having the, the basketball and overall sports scene brewery was awesome. Um, and I thought the Bullet Bob IPA was it was a really good, solid, you know, hazy IPA, just you know, kind of w- w- what you expect. Uh, and then yeah, the style often gets awesome, overlooked. Bold cities Duke's Cold Nose Brown Ale. Oh um that is a delicious beer. I also am a big fan of their cream ale, both the killer beers- whale. Yes, both those beers are fabulous. Very, very well done okay. beers. But I, I love. I mean, a brown ale is not even one that I often th- think of. That, no. that I usually get. I do try to, if I, if I see it, you know, to, to at least give it a sample. And that's one of the ones that. I would happily go back and drink more and more of that
1: one. It was very, very good. Duke's Um, is a good grocery store staple. And I'm going to throw in, this is not part of your flight, but another really good brown ale from a Jacksonville brewery and just one of the best names for a beer ever. Engine 15, the Nutsack Brown. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) The logo is a squirrel holding the Nutsack. And it's just delightful
0: well and then for my last one i'm gonna i'm gonna do something dark also and do do a stout and i'll do a kind of a choose your own adventure whether or not how 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 you know adventurous you want to get um southern swells had one i visited with that was a, a collab with the local with the next door neighbor donut shop so there's an oatmeal stout with donuts but then we, we've talked about ardwolf and that was my first ever florida brewery back in 2018 and so i'm sure this beer is Probably never been brewed again, very likely. Um, but it was really good and very creative. It was called Robo Whale. And it was an imperial stout with smoked pineapple, coffee, and orange. Oh. And it was just a cornucopia of stuff, uh, both aroma and taste-wise. Just really, really interesting. So uh, that would be what I would throw it out, throw up. A little bit of classic stuff and then kind of throw in a little bit of a curveball in there at the end. But That's uh, great. Ne- now moving on, looking at breweries uh, you know we kind of talked about individual beers now we can go back and talk about some more individual breweries well, what are three of the breweries that we've discussed or, or maybe haven't mentioned yet that you want to give a shout out to for one reason or another and and you can do a couple extras since russ isn't here either i don't know if you wrote those down as well but he otherwise did. you can do okay perfect and you can do them both
1: yes he said ardwolf for ambiance. Uh green room for the location and the staff, because green rooms at the beach and the staff there is always pretty great. And Rev for the pizza and the fact that Gray Matter Distillery is next door. So Mm -hmm. those are those are his three. Yeah,
0: another another choose your own adventure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Another choose your own adventure. I you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go crazy. I'm gonna go a little crazy here. Um ones that we haven't mentioned. Um well, you know, I, first of all, I, we, we did mention this, but I, I have to throw out, you know, a shout out to Ruby beach because um, the location is super cool and we are having our wedding reception there, as I mentioned. So they're kind of, they're going to be one of those breweries that will be close to my heart forever uh, because I'm going to have some very memorable pictures taken in the hallowed halls of Ruby beach brewing. Uh, but I also have a, uh, I have a big love for uh, bottlenose brewing and you know, the Mm, beer is good. The beer is good where we met up. That is where where we we met met up. That is where we met up. Uh, The beer is good. They're an offshoot of green room, kind of a more uh, less experimental kind of more mainstream. And, And because of the part of town they're in, that makes sense that they're trying to appeal more to the masses than to like the, you know, weird crafty beach people. But Uh, that location used to be a world of beer and when I first moved down here I played trivia at that location every single Wednesday with my best friend and it was kind of my home away from home having first moved down here and it was like the first place I met people that I didn't work with so being in that location makes me go oh yeah, there's there's a lot of nostalgia to this place for me. So that's that that's very cool uh in in my mind. And then a third one that I think I would like to shout out um is oh it's hard. I'm like torn between two in my brain. So you can I'm do them both. We're, I we're, we're good. You can you can okay. shout them both out. Okay, I'm gonna shout out Veterans United because I think what they do for the veterans and the veteran community is great. And like you got to give big respect to a brewery that's just like you know we're gonna live in the back of a weird industrial park and hope people find us. So I'm here to tell <laughs> you,
0: I do remember it. It is not the most convenient location for people to stumble on.
1: You can't stumble on it. You have to you have to actively choose it. Like you absolutely have to actively choose to go to Veterans United, which you know it's you know it's fun. But um, and then the last one I want to shout out actually it's one up in Fernandina. It's S J Brewing, and uh, they're trying really hard. And I have I haven't been there uh, probably about a year because again, they're a bit of a hike for me, but I remember really, really enjoying myself. And I had a very nice Belgian style beer there. And I remember making a mental note saying, ah, they're doing a good job with this. So since I have my brewery passport, I'm going to have to make a trip up there again to make sure I go there. So they're going to get me at least one more time. So, but if you, you know, if you're somebody who's kind of in that North part closer to Fernandina Beach than you are to uh, than you are to Jacksonville proper, s j. Brewing um, definitely has my Laura endorsement. Because yeah, That was, that was one
0: that was on my radar that I would have liked to get to, but we were staying, you know, we were living yeah. a full hour and a half South of Jacksonville. So it would have been, you know, even that much further. Yeah, much, so, yeah. Uh, but no, the, the, those are all great. You know, I, I'm glad, especially that we are able to, you know, shout out Bottlenose and uh, it is, it, that that is a fun little spot. And I think though with, with Simplistic though, I, I felt like they had kind of a variety there. Like they kind of covered the basis of no matter what you were looking for, they a huge tap list that no matter what kind of you in the mood for there, there would be something that you would want to try. So I thought that, that, that's a neat spot. Uh, And so Lauren, I, I, first of all, I want to thank you so much for coming on here and talking about Jacksonville. I know we were working for a little while to get this uh, to come together. And I'm glad that we were able to do that. And uh, so I now want to give you the chance to provide any kind of final thoughts and conclusions about the Jacksonville craft beer scene, why people should come check it out. And, Also, make sure to shout out where people can find you on social media, where they can find your podcast, all of that kind of good stuff as well. So a lot of things to remember, but I I think you can handle it.
1: I think I can handle it. Yes, I am a seasoned professional at doing this at this point. I almost I almost have I almost have a script in my head, but not quite. Um, But as far as the Jacksonville craft beer scene. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with it. There is something for everyone. Every brewery that you go to is going to have something that you'll enjoy, even if you're just on the fringes of being into beer. Most of them have a seltzer or a cider or at the very least knowledgeable staff that will point you in a direction of something that you might like. And I also, I'm a, I'm a very big advocate for if they will give you a sample, take it. And that's kind of how you stumble upon what it is you like at an individual brewery, you know, so take those samples, they're more than willing to give them out. And, you know, as for why should you check out the Jacksonville beer scene? Hello, I'm here. Hit me up. I'll meet you up at a brewery. Uh, I I think I've proven that concept with you Joel. Like you're like I'm in Jacksonville. You're I like, know, and we though.
0: we we definitely we, we we that's what that's what it was. Well, we also met up with Russ and some other folks as well. So we we had a grand old time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and uh so yeah, th- that's definitely a, a huge part of it. Um and I think everybody in the Jacksonville beer scene like like the proprietors for sure like all love what they do. You know, and every once in a while, you'll get somebody when you tell them like, "Oh, that was really good." You can tell that they, they're like, "Oh, really? Yeah, you like you like that? You like that?" That's why I like going to breweries at like weird off times, like when they first open. I'm
0: the, I'm the same way. Yep.
1: You know, I I wanna I wanna be there when the person who's gonna, who wants to hear my feedback is probably more like like likely to hear it. So, that's that. Uh, and then what? Now I'm pitching. I'm pitching all of my other stuff.
0: Yeah, that's perfect.
1: (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so like I said at the top, I am one of the hosts of the Beard Owl podcast, where we pair a craft beer with a Weird Owl song, like one might pair a fine wine with a meal, and we have a very good time doing it. And if you are into beer and or Weird Owl, you're more than welcome to be a guest on my show. I love having guests on just to kind of nerd out with me about certain things. Or if you have a beer that you think pairs really well with a Weird Al song, and you want to recommend it to me to pair with a Weird Al song, please let me know because sometimes my brain can't do it, and I'm like, I don't know, potatoes, and well, I just—you've <laughs> been
0: doing it for quite a while too, so you know you you just got to go through the whole catalog at some point, kind of, yeah, to, you know, to, yeah. to to get through it. So
1: it's a lot. It's a lot. So you know. I will take any suggestion that anybody has for me. And you can find us on all your socials at Beard Owl Podcast. That's B-E-E-R-D-A-L podcast Um, on. Am I still allowed to say Twitter or is it X now? Yeah, I'm I'm still
0: calling it Twitter. I'm I'm calling it Twitter. Yeah, they're trying to change it, but I'm 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 not on board with that yet. Yes.
1: No, you know, we'll see what happens. So for now, I'm going to call it the X bird app. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, you can find us at Beard Owl Podcast, also on Instagram at Beard Owl Podcast and Facebook.com slash Beard Owl Podcast and Beard Owl Podcast dot com, which gives you a link to all of those aforementioned things. So I probably should have aforementioned that first. And um, my husband, Russ, is one of the hosts of the Infectious Groove podcast, which is on A hiatus right now, but they're in the middle of re-airing an album tournament from a couple years ago, which is pretty cool, because it's a music podcast, and they did kind of a head-to-head album tournament, I want to say about three years ago, and they're bringing it back, and the people are having fresh thoughts about all of these things that happened about three years ago, but the YouTube channel is cranking out fresh content thrice a week, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And you can catch me on two out of the three of those videos every week. And you just have to go to YouTube and search for in- infectious groove music. And uh, you will see our lovely faces.
0: Well, and just so people are aware that you are kind of one of the affirmations experts on Weird Al. You have also met him and he knows who you are at this point, too, is what you told me. So you he are like, you are in that inner circle like you. You are uh, so that, that that's a pretty cool thing to be able to say.
1: I know, I know. Well, I'll tell you what, like the first time, like he recognized me and my brother when we did the VIP thing one time and I was like, oh man, he knows who we are. And then months went by and I did the VIP thing with Russ and Weird Al was like, oh my gosh, great to see you again. And like pretty much ignored Russ and Russ was like, I'm here too though. (laughs) <laughs> it felt really, i felt yeah, really just chocolate. bad
0: yeah no but you know he's not the one that does the weird Al podcast so you no, know i of, am yeah so
1: you know bleh. yeah but
0: it kind of is what it is
1: it kind uh, of is right yeah but the, 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 i will tell you the weird Al fan community is one of the best fan communities that you you can be in um everybody's super kind you know from people who write weird Al books to people who host weird Al podcasts myself Included, I guess I'm giving myself a pat on the back. But also just like fans and listeners, and um there's people doing weird owl documentaries, and I've been in touch with somebody who has been involved in a weird owl movie, and everybody's just amazing. So, you know, uh he, yeah, if you want to look up to anybody, look up to Weird Al. I think that would be my thesis statement for life.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. You know, I, I definitely agree. I, I very much remember that. I, I am a fan of his work as well. And, uh, so and uh, for, for if there's any other new listeners, you can find me on Twitter slash X, whatever it is, uh, at Brewery Travels on Instagram at Brewery underscore travels. You can also go to my website, com, where you can find uh, articles I've written, interactive maps, statistics, as well as links to all the past podcast episodes. All that kind of good stuff. Uh, So thank you again, Lauren. This was a blast. And as always, remember, whether it's where you're living or where you're visiting, be sure to drink local everywhere.